2: Log Talk Radio. Um. seclusion. Yeah, I know. You've been out there, tried to mix those animals, and it just left you full of humiliated confusion. So you stagger back home, wait for nothing, but the solitary refinement of your room spits you back out onto the street, and now you're desperate in need of human contact and then you meet me and your whole world changes because everything I say is everything you've ever wanted to hear so you drop all your defenses and you drop all your fears and you trust me completely I'm perfect in every way I make you feel so strong and so powerful inside so lucky, but your ego obscures reality and you never bother to wonder why things don't do so well. You want to know why? i I'm somebody-
3: I'm a liar, and I'll turn you into me. Those are some lyrics, huh? Yeah.
0: Yeah, this song by the Rollins Band, Henry Rollins. I remember it and when we we mentioned the topic of the show, and I was looking at some songs. I said, I remember that one song, and it was just it just stuck with me. She was railing against liars.
3: Now it's whatever a, else
0: he is, I don't know.
3: It is it is not my favorite kind of music, so I don't think we're going to play no, much more Amy, of it. Amy but he's
0: not a fan of William Shatner style uh, <laughs> quote unquote singing.
3: Welcome everyone. This is Don't Let It Go Unheard. Today is Friday, March sixth, and if you go over, you actually if you're on Blog Talk Radio, you've seen the title already. But today's title for the show is Honest Politicians and Unicorns.
2: Uh-huh.
3: An apt pairing, and you can check out all the program notes at my blog at DontLetItGo.com if you want to see all the stories that we are planning to discuss today. Some of them are throwbacks, I admit, but there are so many stories this week having to do with dishonesty and or subterfuge by politicians in both
1: parties
3: that I could not resist. Bringing up the topic for today's show, Craig in the chat room over here at Blog Talk Radio, he says, in answer to my question that I put out there, I think you know these are not rhetorical. I do want you to chime in on this today. He says, why is this so common today? The historical record is that American politicians have always, for over 200 years, been scoundrels and liars. This is nothing new or surprising. Now,
0: well, not as American I w- politicians, I wanna, pre-American politicians.
3: Yeah, I want to. I want to make a caveat though a warrant you know this is a generalization and this is true of the majority of politicians in both parties today but I do not think and Craig your comment implies a little bit so we may have a disagreement here I mean I, there are a number of people uh you know with whom I discuss all sorts of issues and we have a lot in common and we disagree on the fact of whether there can be an honest Government, a good government, a good limited government, good politicians. And I still think that there can be such a thing. And yes, I still hold out hope for Ted Cruz to kind of, you know, be somebody who breaks the mold a little bit. Yeah, I may be disappointed, but I'm not saying that every single politician is necessarily, you know, dishonest or that dishonesty is in the nature of politics the vast as such. Majority of politicians but the vast are majority today are, and I think there's definitely a reason for it, and I think that we should be concerned about that. This is my thing, but you can tell me what you think. You can tell me, for instance. I mean, there's a number of people right now, people who I sometimes again have things in common with these people are more in the conservative line not the anarchist libertarian line but there's some conservatives out there I haven't even been able to watch for example Greg Gutfeld's clip calling for unity
2: mm. just a just a title
3: I just I I will be upset yeah. um and then there is um Ken Gardner who's out there on Facebook and Twitter and such and he's calling for a politician, you know, an electable politician that can win—that everybody a line can corrupt, get right. You know. More, more of the same, and
0: whoever you know today's yeah. politician finds acceptable is a rotten bastard. I mean, usually that's the case. And if they're decent, honest, they're seen. They're vilified mm-hmm. right. as scum. Right,
3: but but some people might say, look, in order to win and in order to make the world a better place, we have to have politicians who do these things, who are not completely transparent, as you know, the kind of catchphrase goes out there now. Um, that they basically sometimes are going to compromise on principles and this is just the nature of politics and so we are just we just have to know that we're gonna be disappointed with our politicians and that's in the nature of the beast, so to yeah. speak. And you can tell me. You can call up and let me know that you think that that is true. The number is 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. Do feel free to call up and chime in. Or, as people are over here in the chat room, welcome, everyone. We have someone new. Can you reference that?
0: Huh. Welcome
3: to the Hello. don't let it go on her chat room. Selfishness, hi. Freedom Breeze, I see you there. Daniel, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> A politician's equal eunuch horn. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
3: I like it. Starting out with a good pun. I don't know, he's he's kinda throwing down the gauntlet there, Bosh. You're gonna have to catch up.
0: You call that a gauntlet? I don't
3: yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: You had one. I was I was gonna have um honest politicians, unicorns, and the truth fairy the, the tooth fairy, right. the tooth fairy, and then I just Yeah. Scooped you, but yeah, uh, you know. You, you, I said the yeah. uh, the uh, truth fairy. Yeah, the truth yeah. fairy. The truth, the truth fairy. fairy was the uh, pun right. that we were going to get. Uh, so anyway, go over to the blog don'tletitgo.com. Check out all the stories that we plan to go through. It is, I think, shameful. The number of stories that came out this week about members of and both And the parties.
0: exposure of it also, the the exposure of it. People are talking about it, that they're rotten, lying rats. I mean, they're talking about it and they're writing about it, which is good. That's a healthy response, mm-hmm. at least.
3: But we are. We're going to talk, you know, about this issue of honesty. Should we even be concerned about our politicians being honest? Are there certain things that they we should just expect them to be dishonest about? Is this the nature of the beast? Um, you know, is this a litmus test that we should have for politicians or not? And what's at stake? You know, is it possible for a John Boehner, for example, to be honest? Is it possible for a Mitch McConnell to be honest?
0: No, not them, no.
3: Or even, but no. even the Democrats, right? No,
0: well, then yeah. Democrats, I mean, they're, they're, they're working together. How you can work with Nancy Pelosi because you're like her. You have to be like her in order to work with her. That's what Boehner's doing. Um, by the way, I, um, the, the sound-wise, I know some people mentioned the fact that they don't want to talk about technicalities, but if she, someone could tell me if I sound okay, because I did sound like an underwater robot when I listened to it uh, the other day. Just a little clip from last week. If you could let me know, I don't, I'd appreciate it. I don't want the sound to be off. That's all.
3: Yeah, Thank he's... Getting closer to the mic as as we speak here. So this is good. So the big story of the week that got us talking about dishonesty and subterfuge is, of course, Hillary Clinton. I don't know whether this particular story is going to sink her candidacy for 2016. You can tell me whether you think it should. You might think pragmatically that you don't want it to because who is the alternative? It's Elizabeth Warren. And indeed, it may be the case that there are a number of people who want the Obama legacy to continue, who are excited about the fact that the Republicans just seem to be caving on every single issue. And they're just ready to go ahead and uh, you're – what is – just,
0: just go on, then. I saw reference to this one comments in the chat room after.
3: Oh, okay. Um, And who's – um. I'm sorry, I lost the thought. So um, basically they're ready to to what? To have Elizabeth Warren continue yeah. the Obama legacy.
0: Like when Obama came along, they went with Obama. They, you know, they betrayed their, their girl, Hillary. Right. And they'll betray her again for another girl who would clearly uh, continue in Obama's uh, right. reign.
3: Yeah, and since the Republicans are putting up no fight of any substance at all, What, what has Boehner and McConnell
0: not? said about net neutrality? Boehner and McConnell at press conference rail against it. Nothing.
3: I haven't heard anything, anything at all.
0: Uh, Craig mentions here, like him or not, Ron Paul was an honest politician. Perhaps the only one in American history. That's just not true. He's uh, he lies about our foreign policy and what we do in order to bring on 9/11. He lies about Israel. He also lies about what was behind 9/11. Someone actually confronted him about him being a truther. And he paused. I, I got the video it's, its on my blog if you want to check it out, and he said something, well, i can't say that I can't more or less i can't say on right now on camera what you want me to say and what I agree with so he's not honest he's fundamentally dishonest or else he wouldn't be who he is ron paul he's he's pathetic, absolutely pathetic. he has said some things that we agree with, clearly about the economy, but when it comes to the country and our and our founding and the way we uh, deal with our enemies, he is Dishonest to the core
3: Foreign policy for me Is the main area where I would accuse him definitely of of dishonesty In terms of disagreement It would be any of his religious Conservative beliefs along the uh, Abortion axis but let's, let's Get back to Hillary So the big scandal this week is that Hillary Clinton was Using a private email Account for all Of her business While she was at the State Department and then we get this update later in the week, and I gave you a link to the glennbeck.com story. Update, Hillary Clinton's email scandal gets even worse. Now, earlier in the week I had posted, there was the New York Times headline about this, and it was, the, you know, she's using her private email for the State Department business, possibly breaking rules, but clearly she was, she was breaking rules. She was not supposed to be doing this. But now, you know, not only did she use a private email address, Now they're saying the story could be worse. It turns out that she used a private server to host the email. So this makes it easier for her to block any subpoenas into the emails in the event of a scandal or criminal case. And it's amazing. Quote, it looks like they... Bought their own homemade server, it looks like, to do this, and you know it's way out of the norm. This is not what you do. There are specific reasons why you have people go through government email. Security is one of them. Historians want to look at them in the future is another one, but investigations is a third, and probably the most important. Maybe a little bit less than security, but when you do something incorrectly, and later on you need to figure out what the hell happened, they go back and look at the emails. This happens to everyone And this was an email with someone named Stu, who is not introduced properly in the Glenn Beck story. Do you know who it is? Stu? Is Stu someone on Blaze? Is that it? So I'm just quoting somebody who's on their radio show. Um, Probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Washington Post is reporting that all the personal emails are going to be subpoenaed. There's a House investigative committee that's sending out subpoenas, so they they did it earlier this week. I guess Trey Gowdy is behind this and gathering a deeper look into former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's nearly exclusive use of personal emails to do her official business as the government's top diplomat. Also, so she knew she knew she was going to be doing some stuff, also, huh? Also,
0: Sisi's uh, wife, the, the uh, leader of Egypt, said that she might reveal uh, how deep Hillary and the whole Obama administration is with the Muslim Brotherhood some context
3: Now this was a story. You sent me this story, yeah. but this was a story that was released last August. Has there been an update on it? No, but
0: I think they're bringing it up now because of this,
3: because oh, okay. of the, the, the
0: fact that she is completely underhanded in her communications.
3: Right, right. Because Jihad Watch posted this story last August that she was thinking of releasing some of this. I don't say, they reposted I mean, why, it. why threaten it? Why not just do it? Um, I know. You know, there's that as well. But let's Actually, if you can give me the cord that you, oh, okay, you unplug that. Go ahead, because this is a flashback. Yeah, Yeah. this is a flashback, and this is courtesy of thegatewaypundit.com. Here is Hillary Clinton talking about George W. Bush and his private email accounts. Here comes the clip.
1: You know, our Constitution is being shredded. We know about the secret wiretaps. We know about the secret military tribunals, the secret White House email accounts.
3: Secret White House email accounts. Um, Now, that's secret White House email. So who knows? You know, she's not talking there even about having a server in your basement, which is what she is being accused of. She's also
0: married to one of the biggest liars in American history. Before Obama.
3: Well, and apparently the other thing is they're accusing them of hypocrisy yes. because of the fact that he put out some regulations or rules having to do with that, you know, saying don't use private email for these things. Really, really incredible. Let me get back to my blog because Gateway Pundit is a non friendly site that doesn't like you going back where you came from. Okay, so again, over on my blog, don'tletitgo.com. This just list of stories. Here's another from the Democrats this week. Holder, now that the whole Ferguson thing is blown over to some extent, and is he on his way out the door or what? I don't know.
0: I mean, last is, year is the, the rat was supposed to leave. Yeah. Yes, a rat, indeed.
3: Holder admits that hands up, don't shoot, was a lie. This story published this week, March 4th. So remember when nationwide protests erupted with half the country shouting hands up, don't shoot? The bandwagon that members of the you know the Congressional Black Caucus hopped on and they the showed pictures, Black
2: Caucus. They show
3: pictures of all of them with the hands up, don't shoot. They even staged a walkout of Capitol Hill with staffers all raising their hands up in protest regarding the shooting death of him.
0: At the uh, music awards events, everyone's putting their hands up now. You know, it's it's a it's a meme. It's like a well,
3: and yeah, and there's a picture of all of yeah. the football players on yeah. one
0: of the Missouri teams.
3: Right. Turns out it was all a big lie. And Holder
0: knew it. He knew it before. I mean, everyone knew it, but he really officially knew it and lied and kept stoking the fire.
3: Attorney General Eric Holder. They're saying outgoing, but who knows when he just just go during a press conference. That he admitted that the evidence did not match the media frenzy that liberal activists use as their postcard slogan. Quote, this is from Holder. I recognize that the findings in our report may lead some to wonder how the department's findings can differ so sharply from some of the initial widely reported accounts of what transpired, he said. But, It didn't leave, and this is going back to the story, it didn't leave some to wonder. It left the nation divided and led to violence on a national scale fueled by Department of Justice, Al Sharpton, et cetera. Now, you would think if you're part of the Department of Justice and that would be part of your job to prevent violence, that if you were aware of this media frenzy about the hands up, don't shoot, and you knew that that did not happen during the actual incident, that Absolutely you would say right. something about of it. Of course, but
0: it's your responsibility to. Clearly,
3: yeah. he, you know, omitted this omission from Holder was in order to further a particular agenda. He thought that something good could be accomplished by not telling the truth oh, yeah. about what actually happened in the, and and we had I remember when we were talking about Ferguson on the show, there was a woman who said something it was a, a woman in Congress And she had said something about the fact that she didn't care what the actual facts of the case were. It didn't matter. No, no. And she was admitting, in essence, (sighs) that she's using the story.
0: Someone responded, uh, black lives matter. (laughs) You know, in response to this. And that's true.
3: Yeah, and And, and, and that's because black lives matter. That that Twitter hashtag campaign was started because of the hands up, don't shoot. Yeah.
0: Just, just, just. Looking also, for Craig bringing up uh, uh, Ron Paul, I'm sorry. Just, what, just one mention about the dishonesty of the man. It's not being wrong; it's being dishonest. He said about uh, Bin Laden. He goes, "I wouldn't have killed Bin Laden, who mass murdered thousands of Americans. He wouldn't, but for um, a Navy SEAL who was murdered. He who lives by the sword dies by the sword. You know, as in he deserves to die. One of our own who kills these guys who murder us. Right. But the guy who murdered three thousand of us eh, doesn't matter. This guy." Is rotten to the core whatever his decent values and some domestic issues do you, you know who he is when, when he goes to foreign policy you know what we know what his values really are hmm. and his son keeps slipping up mm. he keeps slipping up and turning into Ron right. Paul
3: right. I'm sorry I said that that okay uh, but just in, in answer to Ron Paul yeah. basically um, you know but with uh, with Holder here if you just have any doubt go over to the story that I've linked to it's the the Daily Search. And they actually reproduce part of the report in which Holder admits that the disinterested parties, the witnesses, back up Officer Wilson's version of the events in Ferguson. Here's a brief quote. The witnesses all agree that Brown ran or charged toward Wilson and that Wilson shot at Brown only as Brown moved toward him. Although some of the witnesses stated that Brown briefly had his hands up or out at about waist level, none of these witnesses perceived Brown to be attempting to surrender at any point when Wilson fired upon him. To the contrary, several of these witnesses stated that they would have felt threatened by Brown and would have responded in the same way Wilson did, end quote. That's enough. Hands up, don't you? Complete lie. Uh, but months later, you know, after the political objective yeah. they think was achieved. Which was
0: what? And if you think about it, no, they clearly had one, but what, what did they achieve?
3: They wanted to, I think, get more of the racial, racism yeah. guilt going. Clearly, mm-hmm. no doubt
0: about it. And they got it. You know, and they, as far as i can say, it worked, but now they're like, so what?
3: So well, what? and just, just this week. Obama came out and said something like the racism in Ferguson was oh, yeah. not an isolated yeah, thing. So I think, he, I think he was trying you know, to cover it, up for this. Admission. Also,
0: what they were trying mm-hmm. to do in some sense was to stoke the fire so bad that it spread across the country. That didn't happen. That did not happen. So now he's like, damn, since that didn't happen, let me say that it might happen. And it could. Right. You, never, you, know, you never know. And so they were disappointed that the, the fire didn't spread outside of Ferguson. They were very disappointed. It's just sick, evil people. I really mean, tell
3: are. tell me if I'm wrong though. Do you think do you think Holder, and think about this? Did you know? Suppose Holder suppose his view is he wants to reduce racism in the country. There is some racism in the country. Sure. I have racists
0: Non institutionalized individuals. Yeah. Still
3: coming to my blog at oh, DontLetItGo.com
0: yeah. trying
3: to post racist comments. Yes, individuals in, in 2015. Individuals. And these are people who speak well who can write well and they have very racist views. So racism does exist. Do you think that Holder has done anything in the cause of eliminating racism no. by allowing they've, knowingly allowing this hands up don't shoot They've codified means racism to get out there? in our
0: in our institutions now. Institutional racism has been knocked out. Now it's back in our justice department in the White House. With Al Sharpton being an actual advisor to Barack Obama, yeah. Al Sharpton, the racist of racists today, if he was white, he he'd be uh, shunned. He'd be like the uh, what do you call it, the uh, KKK leader. No, but exactly. so they have institutionalized racism again, something that was supposed that was actually gone right. out, out of existence. So. He's done nothing.
3: But let's let us uh, let let people call up and tell me different if they can. Seven six zero eight 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 five eight one seven. If you think that something can be achieved Holder, by not coming out with the truth when a meme like this is Ar- going
0: around, Eric Holder, uh, you know, spreads lies and he doesn't mind black racism at all because he's racist. White racism is the problem. That's the problem.
2: Right. You know,
0: black racism can be excused. Uh, expected these days right. and don't judge us for that because you know you guys were were uh were slaveholders and we were slaves uh, that's the that's the critical thinking here
3: well you know and another thing that would be useful you know again like i said i saw the headline but i haven't pulled up the story yet where obama is going out and saying oh the racism that's in ferguson is not isolated his implication is that it is a significant and serious problem that requires some sort of governmental action. I mean, he's got to pull out that pen and the phone pretty much every day so that he feels important, right? Oh, yeah. So he's implying that something more needs to be done. Now, mind you, we have plenty, plenty, plenty of laws on the books in the system to address any case of absolutely abuse of Police power, judicial power, any other sort of governmental power done by someone who is a racist, who is doing something unjust and unfair. There's plenty of laws on the books. This so right his, his implication that there's enough of a – I mean there is racism out there, but the idea that there's enough of a problem no, with racism. And, and again, if there is a We bottom, are the melting right, pot, the right. true
0: melting pot yeah. of the world. And one thing also, I think I'm trying to rationalize, they're trying to justify their absolute hatred of America by saying it was born with racism, slavery, and it's still racist, and we will never let you forget it. It's evil on their part, and they know better. Look right. at look at what positions they hold today. If this country was hardcore racist, we, Obama wouldn't be in a position he is. No. Holder wouldn't be in a position he is.
3: No. None of them would. Um We're looking over here in the chat room. Freedom Breeze says, I was relieved at the acquittal, but I wouldn't want to be Officer Wilson right now. As time goes on and more of the truth comes out, and actually there are probably some people who are very happy to help out Officer Wilson. I think, I believe somebody hired him as a private security guard and was happy to do so. So if people have money, I mean, hell, if I had had the money, I would hire him uh,
0: He saved saved his life against a savage who went to take his gun and kill him.
3: I like it. She also, uh, Freedom Breeze, was talking about having the personal server in your basement. We'll talk about that issue later. I mean, first of all, personal servers are becoming more affordable to everyone. And it might be something that a lot of people would like to do. You know, try to get some sort of a personal server in your basement See If there's a way to get some sort of internet interconnection, but, but if, if
0: you're a public figure working for the public, that's a problem. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, I'm no, no, no. never in
3: favor no, 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 no. of doing government official business but, on a personal But They server. might try to justify
0: it on, on those terms it's like, no, 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 you are a public official, you can't do that. And she knows better. And again, she's the smartest person in the world as far as love's concerned, and now she's what, dumb? I mean, which one is it?
3: Craig here in the chat room has a uh, kind of response to our comments about Ron Paul, which is well taken. There's a difference between being wrong and being dishonest. And this, this is the question. Do we think that he is wrong about... The foreign policy stuff.
0: Well, he, he's dead or, or, wrong, but because I, I don't, I
3: don't think he's dishonest about the religious conservative no. stand on abortion and those no, types no, of no, things. No, 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 he actually believes that. But I, I do wonder whether there's some dishonesty in terms of his fail to recognize the danger of, course of is. Islam. And Islamic terrorism. No,
0: but there, it's yeah. not just, well, he's wrong and dishonest and the, about the
3: that. danger of Iran having nukes.
0: You know what? He said, hey, we should offer friendship of, the, to the, them. The
3: fundamental nature of Israel, even though Israel Look, has problems. I
0: made right? over a dozen cartoons of Ron Paul. Every time he says something pathetic and disgusting, I made a cartoon. I have links to the actual quotes, to the to the video of him saying it. He said about Iran, who is a state, the greatest state sponsor terrorism on earth, who is at war with us for 30 plus years. Let's just offer them friendship. He wants to offer a potential nuclear dictatorship, friendship, based on what? On truth? No. On lies that he tells himself about what they actually mean. So he's fundamentally dishonest, especially when it comes to our safety. And if you're not concerned with our safety, get the hell out of here. You have no business being in any any kind of political power whatsoever. I get really pissed off at Ron, Ron Paul and his fans because... This guy is dangerous, dangerous, and his son is potentially dangerous as well. The the
3: the thing, I mean, I loved so much of what he said during Absolutely. the Republican debate. and we forwarded and, it I loved, and we tweet it. Oh no, and I, and I love the identification of government
0: out of context with he's force. excellent. <laughs> out of context, he's excellent. Yes,
3: the the dangers of the Fed, all of that is is excellent stuff. But foreign policy, that man does it
0: reveals scare him. Scare
3: me, but his
0: foreign policy but, reveals who he is.
3: But by the same token. The foreign policy that is going on right now and under the neocons is similarly Absolutely. dangerous and horrible too. It is—it's not an answer to to. Ron also,
0: Paul. He we haven't had a rational
3: foreign policy for no, I don't decades. know how
0: long. But also, Ron Paul praises Islam as well. It's not just by you know he doesn't he praises Islam. Ron Paul. Can you grab? Have,
3: can you pull up something? Have, let me let me let me let me go on and uh, let's go over. We have been bashing the Democrats. But let's go ahead and start talking about Republicans who are either being dishonest, committing some sort of subterfuge, or in the case of Mitch McConnell, outright calling for the states to ignore the EPA carbon rules.
0: And basically says, good luck if you get caught.
3: The Senate's top Republican is telling states to ignore a central part of President Barack Obama's plan to curb the pollution blamed for global warming. Now, of course, global warming all this is a lie, but what's the response to the lie? Here is Mitch McConnell in an op-ed published Tuesday in the Lexington Herald-Leader, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, says that the states should reject Obama's proposed requirements for power plants to reduce carbon dioxide, the chief greenhouse gas. The rule expected to be final this summer would require states to submit plans as soon as 2016 or risk being forced to comply with a federal substitute. Refusing to go along at this time with such an extreme proposed regulation would give the courts time to figure it out if it is even legal, and it would give Congress more time to fight back. We're devising strategies now to do just that Uh, numerous states have filed lawsuits and uh, what they're what they want to do they want to control carbon dioxide from the power plants one of the largest sources for the first time and mcconnell has long vowed to undo the regulations because of their toll on the coal industry but congress is unable directly to overturn them until they are final so here's obama and mcconnell saying well we are not doing anything so states you should go ahead and just ignore the rules now i don't know that they should ignore the rules entirely i think they should do what they're doing which is try to fight by litigation right um if there's a rule out there and the republican just says just ignore it i mean what do you you're just you're just going to Operate and pretend that it doesn't exist. Yeah, and when he gets busted,
0: he said, "Well, Mitch McConnell said uh, it's it's all good." I'm like who? What? Get over here. You're gonna pay a price for it. He's saying basically, break the law. Don't worry about it. If you get caught, I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know.
3: Well, and and you know, here's the other thing. There's um, if you've ever read Martin Luther King's uh, letters from Birmingham Jail. In there, he talks about the idea that if there is an unjust law, that you have a moral obligation to... Break it, you know, through a civil disobedience right. type of thing And this is the thing that McConnell's basically telling them to do He's saying, yeah. okay states, yeah, these rules are wrong We're yeah. going to take care of them someday Which is probably a lie You'll Given a McConnell's record Okay, yeah. um, The idea that they're going to scale back Any government controls Under this Republican leadership Ever, ever, ever Is probably a lie So he's telling them Hey, go out there, just ignore it And pay whatever price is going on with this
0: That's a small and example, and I, I don't
3: think it's fair. Um,
0: small example I couldn't find, but I have it on my blog. I have a dozen cartoons, but, but basically Ron Paul, he's, he said in, in a video, without hate for Islam, our aggressive foreign policy couldn't continue. Because we, we just woke up one day and said, we hate Islam and we're going to start killing Muslims, right? That's what happened, right? Oh, yeah. Or did we wake up one day and 3,000 of our fellow citizens were, were butchered? By Muslims. And well, be and wrong.
3: before that, there were a many course, attacks. Of course, of course. But yeah. that
0: was the day you can't go back. That was the day you stopped saying Islam means peace. And they continued. And they continue today. And Ron Paul is completely – he was actually he, – he was, he was praising Islam. i got to get the quote, but maybe next time. It's, it's not about Ron Paul. Sorry, but, but Craig brought it up. I just – I get incensed that this guy is accepted as a decent, honest politician. He's not at all
3: sir on on this on this issue i definitely think that he is wrong and i i'm that, sure he's got That's a major access major issue. Is of, uh, no
0: yeah. but that's a life or death mm-hmm. issue and he's wrong there he's no damn good because of that zero no value
3: okay well we will talk more about that later because the issue of you know if if he's dishonest about this do we care do we trust him on other issues he cares. this is this is something that that people you will know call in but let's let's go ahead and and continue for now so here's the top senate republican he's telling them you know just go out and pretend as if the rules don't exist or you know break them consciously and take the consequences and i i think that there is some fundamental dishonesty there on this idea that he's going to uh, assure them oh We'll take care of it eventually. Yeah. I mean, here, here's the guy who I'm not even sure, did Obama even sign the amnesty orders yet? There's all um, yeah, kinds of weird know. procedural things that Obama is doing behind the scenes to, to make sure show. that nobody yeah. can stop him from yeah. doing what he wants to do. So the idea that McConnell thinks that he can tell the states to do this, mm. go ahead, go boldly ahead of me, yes. and you know, don't worry about it. We're going to cover and, you uh, eventually, even though we haven't done anything to thing, stop Obama uh, good before. Luck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good luck is what he's saying.
3: So, um, so that's McConnell, and then here is the big story about Republicans this week, and many people were, and I, you know, I think rightfully so. I think the occasion of having Netanyahu come and speak before Congress is good. The content of the speech was clearly good, but we are learning now via Politico that there was during this week, kind of backdoor maneuvering between John Boehner and Nancy Pelosi. Now this has got layers and layers and layers of deception in it, right? Because, first of all, you have Republicans essentially pretending that they're against amnesty. Right? Because they want it, and then they don't want it. They pretend that they're against it so that they can energize the base. There's a Huge kind of xenophobic oh, yeah. element it in, exists. It's real with within some of the conservative base. So they want to energize that and draw on it and pretend that they're you know and uh, you know Obama's lawless amnesty and let's go and everything. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that they ever intended to really stop it. They wanted like to, Obamacare,
0: they never turned to stop that. They,
3: they wanted to put on a good show. And in fact, here I am, I'm actually thinking in my mind, I am disappointed with Ted Cruz's dealing of with this issue because he got right. very energized about, you know, stop it, stop, yes, stop he it, stop it. He then, hasn't
0: ruled against it lately, though.
3: Well, and, or and, against this, as far as I know. Well, and it, and it could be because, you know, Boehner was going to... Kind of give into to this. So Boehner apparently has been turning to Nancy Pelosi. And using to, the
0: Netanyahu speech and hoopla to get away with it. That's Because all the focus was on that.
3: That's the nature of the Politico story, right? So it says on Tuesday, 182 Democrats joined just 75 Republicans to pass a long-term funding bill for the Department of Homeland Security, ending a month-long fight over immigration that President Barack Obama sparked just after Election Day. Since Friday, Pelosi and Boehner have held quiet rounds of negotiations and maneuvering to push the measure through the House over the objections of a cadre of conservatives in Boehner's conference who scuttled a three-week funding bill in a dramatic showdown last week.
0: Dramatic showdown between Republicans and and
3: Democrats? No, between Republicans and Republicans, apparently. As late as Tuesday, Boehner tapped Democrats to help pass a procedural rule for funding a bill for Amtrak that Republicans were threatening to bring down if it didn't include a provision that would stop a clean DHS bill from moving forward. Listen to the number of steps of subterfuge. So it's a funding bill for Amtrak, and then there's a provision within it that's going to stop the clean DHS bill, blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is how many layers of subterfuge we have in our political process today in order to get something passed. Uh, Pelosi pledged democratic support to move forward, a departure from normal, where the minority party always votes against the rules brought by the controlling party to the floor. So she went to her caucus and she asked the members to support the rule. And then what do they do? What they decided to do was, right after Netanyahu comes and gives a speech, then they decide that they're going to go ahead and put the clean DHS bill forward. And they had planned to do this.
2: To close it.
3: Listen, so Pelosi only lost a dozen Democrats. Boehner was forced to pass a week-long bill only hours before the deadline to avert a shutdown. Right after the vote on Friday, Pelosi met with senior Democratic leaders to plot a way forward, which included they had a 7 p.m. phone call with Boehner in which the two debated using a little-known procedure called Rule 22 to allow a vote on a long-term funding bill for DHS that was clean of any policy riders. It was ultimately used to pass the DHS bill on Tuesday, allowed Housemakers to reverse an earlier vote against the clean bill. Monday at five thirty PM Pelosi and Boehner agreed that it was quote best to take up the matter on Tuesday immediately after Netanyahu's address in order to deal with the matter as quickly as possible upon return of the Senate papers, end quote. And that was according to an aide familiar with the conversations quoted by Politico. So here's John Boehner. He wants to pretend yep. he's against amnesty. In the background, he's making deals with Nancy Pelosi, all of this because he, whatever, I mean, obviously his position is not as hostile to immigration as Republicans would hope. Why didn't he come out and come forward with a clean, open immigration bill, which is what the Republicans should be doing, a proper immigration policy on the affirmative passed by Republicans who say that, therefore, smaller government less control, freedom, right?
0: Can I just say something about Bader? Sure. Uh, he holds two positions that allow him to maintain his, his, his place there as leader, the most powerful Republican in Washington. He's against gay marriage. He's against abortion. And for, for those who those two issues are the most important, you got your guy. He's the guy. He sticks to that no matter what. And just think about what what that means. I mean, ultimately, if that's it, then everyone's okay. Whatever it else does, almost doesn't matter. If those who if those who hold that to be the most important issues, those to be the most important issues, then you got your guy.
3: Right.
0: He's a bad guy, and he holds those issues for very personal, religious reasons, whatever the, you know, whatever they are. But he's uh, he's a Democrat, is what he is. He's not a hardcore leftist who was out to destroy the country. But he's a Democrat. He'll work with Pelosi. That's his buddy. That's his partner. He would never sit down with Ted Cruz.
3: Well, and then there, there was another story that Pelosi is going to help Boehner resist any coup from better Republicans. <laughs> they, they say right? we got
0: your back, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Think about that. You're one of us, John. You know, you'll pretend you're a Republican with but you're one of us. You know. I'm that.
3: thinking in his house he has no mirrors.
0: <laughs>
3: I mean, <laughs> first is. of all, he can't well, he keep track of the color our, of his exactly, skin, right? Exactly. Right. Um, but on the other hand, I mean that guy. How look, could he look at a mirror? I made I
0: a. I made a, a visual of Boehner. Check it out my blog. It's it's my latest one. It's him with Lance Pelosi's hair. That's <laughs> that's, that's Boehner. That is it's that's so it. It's so true.
3: It's so true. Now, if you go to Nick Searcy's Facebook page, right. you will see his inspection. He's an outspoken, outspoken Republican.
0: Conservative. He is, not, not Republican. He is. He has percent.
3: now left the Republican Officially. Party over this caving on amnesty issue now.
0: And, and the Obamacare. And the Lack Obamacare, right, right. Those two, he says, that's a final, right. that's a final draw. And maybe it's about immigration. Who knows? But I think it's about the fact that this president got away with an unconstitutional act and they sanctioned it completely. Mm-hmm. The Republicans, and that's why, okay, guys, didn't fight the ACA as you said you would. Enough not fighting this. To hell with you.
3: Good. Well, and here's the other thing. Some people have accused the Republicans of overblowing the amount of kind of lawlessness within this particular issue of amnesty. This, yeah,
0: this is, and, yeah this is in a long line. That's the whole point. Oh, of this course. This is the latest. Of course.
3: I mean, what is Obama doing? Obama is consistently pushing the bounds of what he's legally authorized to do. So, for example, the latest thing that's on all the Republican talk shows is is Obama going to unilaterally raise taxes? Right, now
2: right. It, tur- like it, it
3: turns out that you know legislation properly passed legislation, but wrongly you know passed in terms of content, right? So procedurally proper, properly passed legislation, federal legislation, is giving Obama too much power, and Obama is just exercising it so for example the people who have argued that what obama did with amnesty is constitutional they're saying really within the most recent legislation touching on immigration this power was given to him and he's just merely exercising it. the power should never have been given to him if that's the case then you can't get behind the idea you can't say oh well we're fighting this only because of course you know, procedure or that it's wrong, it's not of the course. rule of law.
0: It's you, it's It's broken.
3: I, I, I want, you know, Republicans who actually come out and say where they actually stand on immigration and where the problem lies with what Obama did. The problem is that the president should not have the power to change immigration policy to the extent he did unilaterally. Congress tried giving him that power, and yeah, maybe the Supreme Court is going to strike it down, maybe it's not, who knows. Similarly with taxes, what is Obama going to do if he's going to do it? He's going to close some loopholes, and many people are arguing that according to current legislation, which is wrong and horrible, that he would actually have the ability just through getting the IRS to put some new regulations out there to close those loopholes. Similarly with the FCC, who got on its high horse last week and said, today we enact you know what do they call sustainable regulations? Basically, net neutrality. Well, all
0: these agencies shouldn't exist to begin with. Also, based on well, you know what I mean, based I could, I could
3: argue for some agencies. Like for instance, the
0: IRS. FTC, well, no, not not FTC. the IRS,
3: not the What I'm IRS. saying is
0: those, the FTC, the FCC, the IRS. FTC
3: maybe, and only to redress grievances. And I can imagine that you could have a body of specialists. Whatever legitimate agencies were in what constitutes were, commercial fraud. Whatever
0: legitimate agencies were were created from that grew these, you know, unjustifiable agencies, completely out of bounds.
3: But I, I would just love to hear politicians honestly separate these issues and discuss where they stand on each of them as opposed to putting them together in some horrible package deal. Let's oppose Obama's lawless amnesty. Okay. Yeah. Well so are you against it's opening range immigration range. to people who are, you know, innocent, hard working people? Are you
0: Well, they're very reluctant again to get into into, yeah. into particular as politicians. I don't care if, if they're decent or they're corrupt as hell. Some of them don't even want to radical. talk
3: about whether they believe in evolution.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them will not even say what they actually think about Obama and what he believes in. Uh, terrible. Bad answers.
3: Uh, Yaron Brook did a good job on that, by yeah. the way. Now, in the chat room, people are talking about Netanyahu's speech. and
0: Yaron was very, very Yaron well. was
3: very critical of, I, of Netanyahu. I've been
0: critical of him myself because mm-hmm. the fact is he talks a good game. He absolutely does. But Hamas is alive and well. When they could have... They could have flattened them last time. So therefore, he's not defending Israel. If Hamas is still alive, if he if he can't flatten Hamas, what the hell is he going to do with Iran? You know, and that's the whole point here. He's he's very well spoken. He's articulate. I think he's Amer- American educated. So he knows the stuff. He, he's written books against against terrorism, and Iran brought that all up. Um, but uh, I think he's all talk. I think he is all talk, right. and he speaks better. than no, Palmi speaks better than a lot, and he gives he gives a veneer that he is the free leader, the the leader of the free world. Right? He gives it. He gives it. No,
3: all. it was. Um, and we're kind of out of order of what I wanted to do because I wanted to leave him till a little bit later in terms of. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Somebody brought it up here in the in the chat room, but. You know, with with Netanyahu, someone had posted, and people. Who loves
0: America more, Netanyahu or Obama? Going
3: right. No, people were rightly excited. I think about his talk, and I saw little clips of it, and I've read passages of it as well. Jihad Watch had a whole transcript and everything. That's what I've linked to. Again, if you go to my blog, don't let it go. you'll see the links to all of this stuff touching on this issue of honest politicians that I've got collected for for today. But with Netanyahu, yeah, they're excited. Uh, I had one Facebook friend who had posted something like, Netanyahu is the leader of the free world. Now, yes, what I it. said, I said, or Netanyahu speaks yeah. as the leader of the free world should speak. Yes, he does. That you can say Absolutely in his does. favor. Absolutely But we know that about it. Absolutely. But his we'll, his we'll interviews, talk more. his
0: yeah. speeches, they're very well done. He's very good. But again, Hamas comes after you and kills your citizens, and you don't flatten them when you have the power to, you got a real problem. You're a bs'er. when it comes down to it. You're not dedicated to the annihilation of your enemies if they come after you.
3: Well, and I mean, I guess we can, we can just go ahead and, and take his thing up now, which is suppose that now, you know, there's, there's two options, right? One is that he's saying these things. You know, and the I mean, these awesome, wonderful things. If no Jahaz. one, if, if no one's going to stand with Israel, yes. Israel will stand alone. You know, uses the right terminology, yes. right? So all of this. Suppose he has no intention of acting in concert with what he says, right? Well,
0: he's shown that he doesn't.
3: If that, but but if it's if it's within him, then this is horribly dishonest, right? Yeah. Then suppose it's not because of him that if he has, you know, had the ability to make the judgment call all by himself, then he would do all these things. He'd flatten Hamas and get rid of all these different, uh, you know, opposition groups. But there's some people in the background either within his own government or remember we saw that headline and I don't know whether it was true earlier this week. Someone wondered whether Obama actually threatened to shoot down yeah. Israeli forces. Yeah. Obama yes. us
0: Barack shooting Obama, down Obama, the United States government shooting down Israeli forces if okay. you go after so Iran if in any way.
3: Things like this are going on behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, I I I kinda wondered whether that part of the speech where Netanyahu he was talking about you know all the things that America has done and there's a lot of well, things that well he's a fan he, of America he loves America well right but he says there's, I like there's Obama. A, he says there, well any, anybody be also praised Barack Obama yes
0: but why because he's a damn politician yeah you know, but, but, he,
3: but but there was a part of it also where he, praised
0: Harry Reid right
3: there was part of it where he was praising Obama for things that we don't know about so he was saying like there is this realm of the behind the scenes interaction between Obama and him. And I wonder if that was kind of implying that well, there might be these things where we're getting these threats, but you don't know about it, or what really do Who knows if this is? I would put anything right? past Obama. Um, that's the whole
0: thing. You can't put anything past him.
3: Right, right. But suppose it's that, right? Then what is a real, true, awesome leader going to do? He's going to say, "If I could, if I had the power, I would do X, Y, Z, but I don't." and here's why. Instead of going out there and giving this speech, which is rousing to everybody, knowing for one reason or the other, either because he's staying his own hand or somebody else is staying his hand, that he's not going to act on what he says. His track record, as your own Brooke very passionately pointed out in his show, his track record is that he has not acted no. according to the wonderful When he's out of power he, he speaks
0: given. I mean, he is just the best That's why he gets in power And when he gets in power Oh that's not the guy who Was you know outside of power talking to those. One observation also in terms of The reaction to Netanyahu The reaction to anyone who says the truth In our culture That's I, I basically a big sign of how bad things are told, you know, Today regarding lies And dishonesty Is that honest people are considered what? Heroes. They're considered heroes.
3: Just for telling the truth. You
0: know, normal, decent, rational human beings are put on pedestals by good people, but also they're vilified by, by lying scum. And that's, that's a problem. If, if you just tell the truth today, wow, people are really impressed. It should not be the, it should not be the case. Decent people are honest. Yep. Rational people, they're just honest.
3: So, so people, you know, if, if you want to disagree with me, please do call in 760-888-5817. Two things. Um, is there a reason for Netanyahu to speak one way and act another that makes sense? And someone,
0: someone says there, uh, that basically it's, it'll be political suicide if it goes after Hamas. If defeating the enemies or coming to kill your citizens is political suicide, that kind of world, I mean, that is just, you can't worry about that. You can't say, ooh, uh, the, our neighbors might not like that. We have to destroy our enemies, and believe me, your neighbors will respect it. You know, if, even if they hate you, they will respect it and start to fear you, which is what you need, especially if you're Israel. You need Egypt and others, even though they're nominal friends, quote-unquote. You need them to say, uh-oh, okay, okay, these guys are serious about defending themselves. We might have to just step back now and maybe even you know, show a little public respect for them right. for what they're doing. So if, if defending yourself pisses off others to hell with others.
3: Well, and and this is the kind of thing that we want to talk about. You know, why, and we're going to get more into this in the second hour, which is why might we expect to see this type of behavior from our politicians today? And part of it is because of what has become thought of as acceptable in politics. It is not acceptable in politics to have a righteously self-interested Self-interested foreign policy right. the I you know the what he got in front of Congress and said which is that Israel is going to stand alone and defend itself if need be That is actually politically incorrect and not acceptable yeah. So we so that that is some of what we want to talk about um, Here in the chat room SMFO SFMO sorry um, Mo, I think Mo is This is who we're supposed to call Mo. is that right I'm not sure I, I think that's right Um Thanks for participating over here. Honesty is punished, says Mo. See political correctness. Well, yeah, uh, so what, what, are, what type of honesty are you talking about in terms of people being called heroic for being honest?
0: Tell them the truth about Islam. I've been okay. called heroic. Okay. And I feel a little uneasy about it. Okay. I got to say, I never like, yeah. You know, I, I never feel that way. To me, it's a simple truth and you speak it. And that's it. You shouldn't be put on a pedestal for it. Right. At all. Evil's evil. Call I th- evil. I I thought
3: you were meaning things like, oh, you know, um somebody finds a wallet with hundreds of dollars and they that's give good. it back, no, right?
0: That's, I've done that before. Yeah. I've done it before. Uh this guy charged me a lot less. I said no. And he was like, Wow, it's too much. I get a little put off by, by people's reactions to honesty. I personally do. I think it's I think it's it's really damning of our culture.
3: Well and and one of the reasons why maybe honesty is such an issue today, and it is, especially among our students, is something we'll talk about at the very end with this really nice opinion page from the New York Times. Believe it or not, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But, you know, go ahead and call in and, and let me know what you think, for instance, about Netanyahu. Uh does he need to speak a certain way while acting another in order to achieve some sort of legitimate political aim. Am I I missing something here? Uh, What about John Boehner? Now, I like Netanyahu much better than I like John Boehner. Well, he's one of the Um, most
0: likable leaders in the the world.
3: Sure, sure. But, you know, a lot of people would argue that Boehner or other politicians like him, and I would put Jeb Bush and Chris Christie in that category, maybe Scott Walker, although Scott Walker I think is just kind of confused and uh, mess, yeah, he, mess he's up good around. and bad. Yeah. Which means, um, yeah. but you know, they'd say there's reasons that politicians need to act this way. Some people would say, you know, Boehner needed to avoid a shutdown, and so he did what was necessary to avoid a shutdown and preserve the reputation of the Republicans in the long term. They would say that Boehner they actually no that Boehner actually achieved something by this backroom subterfuge with Nancy Pelosi, by this idea of using the drama of Netanyahu's speech. They're even saying that when Nancy Pelosi was pretending to be all outraged during the speech, that she was acting and that she in the background was happy because they were using the drama of the speech yes. to get this amnesty, you know, kind of ratified via the clean DHS In, in terms of Boehner
0: and, and saving the reputation of whatever Republicans, mm-hmm. look at what Bush did to the Republican Party, destroyed it. And then the follow-up is John Boehner, the most powerful Republican in Washington, after Bush. Yeah. They have tag team to destroy the Republican Party. Well, it they, is, they, it's they,
3: have, they have lost Nick Searcy, who no, but, was no, no, but a huge asset. A lot, no, a Mark lot.
0: Levin has been threatening. I, I don't listen anymore, but he's been threatening to leave officially. He said he's been a Republican since he was a kid. He's threatening to leave, and he will leave because they will make him. They're just they're horrific.
3: If he hasn't left yet.
0: I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what he's clinging on. I, I really don't. Could I've never been a Republican. I have voted Republican because that's the only that has been the only rational vote. I don't know if that's the case anymore.
3: No, no, I don't know. So yeah, do do call and you know again. I like Netanyahu's speech. Sure. But the prospect of him actually doing something to follow up on it.
0: He'd be great as a speech giver for the rest of his life. <laughs> I mean, really, he would be without power. Just just give speeches.
3: He speaks; somebody else acts accordingly. Yeah. This this could work as well.
0: <sighs> you know, if someone takes his speeches seriously and acts on it, exactly, like a next prime minister of Israel, I love that speech. Let me act on it. He, no, 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 no. I, I just—it was just rhetoric. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> Here is another story from this week. Again, this is going back to the Obama administration. Again, leaving the realm of criticizing Republicans and even Netanyahu. Obama lawyers misled. Federal judge in amnesty case. Big surprise. If you remember, there has been a litigation challenge against Obama's amnesty. And, you know, this is interesting. I'm wondering if I'm actually getting the text of this yet. You know that I'm not. So if you go to the link to the Washington Times story that I posted this morning, the headline is Obama Lawyers Misled Federal Judge in Amnesty Case, and the subhead is the administration has approved about 100,000 applications. So apparently the lawyers had told something to the judge other than administration approved 100,000. So maybe they didn't approve any or they approved less or something. So they they said A, and it turns out that non-A is true. But if you go to the story itself, it looks like it's been completely blocked out. I am wondering Hmm. if... Somebody put the kibosh on the Washington Times because all you see, and everybody else you know, in the chat room, if you can, go over to DontLetItGo.com. Look at the link that I have. The headline, again, is Obama Lawyers Misled Federal Judge in Amnesty Case. And see if you can see any text of the article. All I'm seeing is it looks like gray highlight lines. Look here, Bosch. Check that out. Huh. The, the entire it's story like is it's like it's redacted or something. if it is redacted, Kudos to the Washington Times for having the headlines still up. But what is going on? Huh. What is going on? Um, a,
0: some some kind of crackdown governmental crackdown
3: not able to get and they
0: oh,
3: but you know here here is Obama. He wants the amnesty thing to be upheld, not subject to challenge. I guess he doesn't want the political you know, the politically charged facts about mm-hmm. what's really going on in the situation to sway the judge one way or the other. And so he's just blocking. Somebody says they see the article. Hmm. Hmm. It's just you. So they don't want me to Not see to, the article. To is to that it, it? on the show. Okay.
0: Because Obama's a listener. You know that. So he says, I don't want to listen to that this week.
3: So somebody else can see the article and I can't see the article. That hmm. is really infuriating. I am seeing... Grayed out lines. Yeah, I am not seeing text, and I've never had this happen to me on a website so hmm. that I can remember. It's just the Washington Times.
0: Fiona sees it as well. Okay.
3: Look at this. Be- Look at this.
0: Yeah, completely blocked out.
3: Hmm. And I don't have a reader view option on this, one right? One thing. Uh,
0: Free and rights. If it is necessary for them, for politicians to lie, uh, what does that say about about the voter? And that's to me, it's one of the most vile. Justifications for lying, like, well, I have to lie. You know what I mean? It's like, well, look at the culture I live in. I have to lie. I don't want to. I know lying is bad, but I have to in order to get power. That just, to me, it's a, you know, they're justifying, rationalizing their lies in the ugliest way. We're saying, I'm doing it for good in order to get power.
3: Because
0: yes. that's important for me to be in power. I have to lie to them.
3: And I mean, you know, again, let's let's think about it. Suppose he says, "Well, I need to do whatever I can to protect the right of these honest, hard-working people to <laughs> stay here and work." Okay, you know again. Life. No. So so I have to Sacrificed. That's the truth. Well, in my and, honesty. Well, and and that's the thing. You know, the lawyers. I mean, you know, lawyers are kind of pushing the envelope of the truth all the time. So why do we have to tell them that we've approved a hundred thousand applications? Uh, you know, we don't. They don't necessarily need to know that. And you know, if we just sort of push it under the rug a little bit for a while, just let everything blow over, then maybe. We can achieve something on behalf of justice. Again, you know, he thinks he's going to get something done. Think
0: about it also. um, To me, this is a concrete way of looking at it. Who is the most honest politician in Washington right now? Just first, top of your mind.
3: Honest politician?
0: The most most honest politician right now in Washington.
3: I mean, I would would say Cruz. Okay, okay.
0: Who's the most hated politician in Washington Of
3: course, of course, yes.
0: I mean, that just, it damns Washington again. Yes. The most honest is the most hated.
3: And is there something about achieving political change by which it is necessary to not be honest?
0: Well, no, it's all about maintaining the status quo and expanding government. I mean, that's the whole thing. Anyone who threatens that is vilified. Ted Cruz, he wants to roll back government. He's an enemy.
3: Well, right. And therefore,
0: they lie about him.
3: But then what what about the people like, Greg Gutfeld, who I think honestly does want to roll back government, but he thinks the John Boehner way and unity is the way.
0: He hasn't thought things through enough. And we've liked Greg, and we've met him and all this, and we've interacted with him, but he, I think, has fallen into the Dana Perino, Bush hack Republicans, who is a co-host with him on, on The Five. He's fallen for her. And uh, he has gotten very establishment Republican, which is pathetic, especially for him. He's, you know, a freewheeling guy. I mean, he's very lean right. He does, but he's a little more libertarian, even though he has a red, red eye Rand. I don't know why. But for him to say something like that, it's just leave it to politicians, man, Greg. Leave it to hacks like Ken Gardner and others who are really, really pro-establishment. They'll pretend that they're not. They'll pretend that they're critical. But if they want a guy to bring together the corrupt establishment— with a Tea Party, that idea is corrupt in and of itself. The Tea Party has to take over the Republican Party. That's the only way the Coco Republican Party, if they ever survive, will.
3: It's going to be a long road to 2016, and that's all I can tell you. I could not resist today in this whole list. Again, most of the stories that I'm talking about today are from this week, all involving. Some sort of dishonesty or subterfuge. Hillary Clinton's email scandal being the biggest one, but Holder admitting that hands up, don't shoot, was a lie. All of that racially charged sentiment that led to violence and death, he let that lie be perpetuated out there, thinking he was going to achieve something.
0: All lies are critically youthful lies Mm -hmm. to these rats. And that was very useful to them, to push the idea that we are a hardcore racist country.
3: Telling states to ignore rules that are applicable to them on the idea that he's going to be able to do something on behalf of the states in the long term. Just kind of, you know, let things out there. Uh, You know, both Boehner and Pelosi working to deceive people and do it behind all of the emotional sentiment. I think, you know, well-justified emotional sentiment about Netanyahu, but you know, behind the scenes, let's go ahead and get that DHS clean bill passed. And Net, about, oh.
0: Netanyahu telling everyone what they want to hear. But I mean, really, in a lot of ways, he want, he's, he told us everyone what we want to hear. Right? Has he ever acted on that? Has he fundamentally? No, he hasn't. So that's a lie. It's a, you know, it's it's a nice lie, quote unquote, because we want to hear a politician talk about jihad explicitly. We want to hear that. We want to hear a guy condemn evil. But uh, would he do anything? Has he? No.
3: Obama's lawyers misleading a federal judge in the amnesty case, telling them something other than the truth, which is that they have admitted 100,000, accepted 100,000 applications. So let's listen to a little bit of a throwback, lack of transparency that all of you will be familiar with.
1: Just you can't do it politically. You just literally cannot do it. Okay, transparent financing. Unless us have transparent financing, all transparent spending. I mean, the, this bill was written in a tortured way to make sure CBO did not score the mandate as taxes. If CBO scored the mandate as taxes, the bill dies. Okay, so it was written to do that. In terms of in terms of risk-rated subsidies, if you get a law which said healthy people are gonna pay in, it made explicit that healthy people pay in and sick people get money, it would not have passed. Okay, just like the people, Transparency Lack of transparency is a huge political advantage. And basically, you know, call it the stupidity of the American voter or whatever. But basically, that was really, really critical to getting the thing to pass. And, you know, it's the second best argument. Look, I wish Mark was right. We can make it all transparent. But I'd rather have this law than not. So it's kind of like his reporter story. You know, yeah, there's things I wish I could change. By-
3: I'd rather have this law yeah. than not. Yeah. So if it's lack of transparency, i.e., dishonesty, that's going to make us have this law, then he's all for it. Let me. It's just
0: weird. This guy, he's, he's a lying rat. Then he's honest about his, uh, you know, his, his lies. And then he says, basically, it's, I'd rather have this big fat lie of a bill out there, but he's telling everyone because they got, you know, the coast is clear as far as he was concerned at that point. The coast is clear. We got away with it. Well, and I have no. I don't care to tell you.
3: Well, and it could be that holding the truth in was eating him up in a certain and he way.
0: Had, and he yapped it out he r- 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 real, real quick. And almost like he was throwing up. Yeah. but honesty.
3: Yep. Let's listen
1: more. At this law than not. So, first of all, you haven't publicly commented on this so far. Do you stand by the comments in that video? Um, the comment in the video were made at an academic conference. I was speeding off, speaking off the cuff. But and then I, another message. Hero John Perry from Revolta, more like this. That came mm-hmm. up with a great substitute. They said, look, what you as economic nerds want to do is you want to say that for people with expensive health insurance plans, they will no longer get a 40% tax rate. What if we instead just levied a 40% tax on the insurance company that sells these terrible expensive Cadillac plans? We said, well, that's pretty much the same thing. Well, why does it matter? Because you'll see. And they were posted in that tax. Because the American government was too stupid to understand the difference. <laughs> okay? So basically... I was speeding off, speaking off the cuff. Right. And be- Until a second Massachusetts here arose, John Kerry. And John Kerry said, no, 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 we're going to tax your health insurance. We're going to tax those evil insurance companies. We're going to impose a tax that if they sell health insurance, it's too expensive, we're going to tax them. And conveniently, the tax rate will happen to be the marginal tax rate under the income tax code. So basically, it's the same thing. We just tax the insurance companies. They pass it on higher prices. That offsets the tax break we get. It ends up being the same thing. It's a very clever, you know, basic exploitation of 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 the lack of economic understanding of the American voter. Okay. Conference. I was off, speaking off the cuff. Please remind people who this is. And what. Just,
3: everybody knows this is, I think, yeah. right. Jonathan, Jonathan Gruber. Gruber talking One about of
0: the architects of Obamacare and RomneyCare.
3: Lack of transparency is a huge asset. Can you achieve anything in the world with dishonesty? Anything good, anything you, good in the world? Yeah, can
0: you achieve anything yeah. good in the world with, 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 with dishonesty?
3: With dishonesty, lack of transparency. Obviously, all of these politicians think that you can, yep. and what do you think? Well,
0: they, well, they know they're also to no good just by the fact that they have to lie. They know that what they're doing is, is bad. They know that. They can't come up and say it. This guy thought the coast was clear. He's like, we got this. And as you say, he probably was you know, pent up. Who knows? I mean, the guy, he, clearly, he lies for a living. That's what he does. And he just burst out. Just completely, and no doubt people were like a little uneasy. Like, come on, man. I mean, calling us liars, you know, especially liars. liars. I mean, liars are the are the last people who want to be called liar. Yep,
3: yep. And I'm sure now what he's been fired from all these various positions yeah, that he, he was breaking yeah. in the money. Yeah, he lost some positions. So in terms, it of doesn't his, look good. In terms of you his, his personal life, it might appear that it was telling the truth that hurt him. Right. Right? From his perspective. Because if he no, had, if he had no, continued he never, to he, maintain never, the subterfuge. No, think about it, right? he
0: willingly did that. There was no meeting Jonathan, be honest now. Yeah. He willingly, quote, unquote, hurt himself if for whatever reason. Maybe he's a I don't know. He figures, well, if I do that, I know I'll be shunned by some mm-hmm. people, by my fellow liars, first of all. And also he outed you know, Obama in a way that Obama doesn't want to be out of it. We all know it's a lie, but to, for someone to come out and explicitly say it in a kind of joyous way almost, he was like almost getting off on it. Right. Like, you suckers. We got
3: you. Yeah. And here's Hillary Clinton, right? I mean, she obviously, as she goes into the position in the State Department, knew that she was going to do things, perhaps form this special relationship with the Muslim Brotherhood things that needed to be concealed in order to, quote, get things done, get the right things done in Washington. And so she set up, deliberately, a personal server in her basement to host personal email by which she conducted official business. And she might have said, just like Gruber, that hey, you know, lack of transparency, but I'd rather do that and achieve whatever she thought the proper foreign policy objectives were than not be able to do it because the Republicans would investigate her email.
0: Eason Jordan, the CNN in the early 2000s, uh, admitted that to, in order to gain access to Iraq, they had to withhold information and lie about what was happening in Iraq. He thought, well, in order to gain access, that's what we have to do. What's the point of gaining access to Iraq? to report the news, which is the truth, right? He said in order to gain access, we basically have to lie. So access is the key there as far as he's concerned. Telling the truth, reporting the truth, doesn't matter. You know what I mean? That doesn't matter.
3: Right.
0: Access is what
3: matters. John asks, don't politicians just reflect the unprincipled, pragmatic nature of the voting public at large?
0: I mean, I take a quick exception of that because politicians are vile. The vast majority of them, the general public is not vile.
2: Right. They're not.
0: They are uh, deceived, and they can't tell someone lies. They are, they're not as linked in as a lot of us are in, in the politics and what they mean. and. Mm-hmm. They want to hear, they, politicians are telling what they want to hear, and a lot of them are not interested enough to figure out if they're telling the truth or not. It's pathetic in that case, but they're nowhere near as vile, as a scum in Washington. They're not. The general public is not. Right. I don't think in any, any country. No. Barack Obama did not run on what he is doing. If he did, he would not win.
3: Well, and as Gruber said if they had been honest about right. the fact that the sick people were going to get the money while the healthy people were paying into the system yeah. that it would not have passed that and people people are not yet at the stage of uh, embracing egalitarianism in this country that they would have passed such a piece of legislation so they had to be deceptive about it which is what they did in yeah. Massachusetts and what they did with obamacare on a national scale rob avier is posting some comments here in the chat room, and it's about the King versus Burwell uh, litigation. This is the latest phase of challenging Obamacare. Yeah. Um, and as I understand, it's the issue of the states being reimbursed. If, they, if there is no state exchange, can people who are signing up get actual reimbursement? Maybe not. And then here's Kagan. She says, there's nothing really clear about this. I mean, this took a year and a half for anybody to even notice this language. And this is about a law where they say, you know, we have to pass it before we can find out what's in it. So what I'm reading into that, that horrible comment by Kagan, is that she is inclined to let it slide to try to say that somehow the language is equivocal in some way, simply Look, because it took a while for people, people to quote notice. Now, it may have been the case that this particular litigation that they decided not to bring it until the other litigation failed, and litigation takes forever to go through the court system. She's but for I predict, I mean, as if it would take anything, her that she's going to try to she's going to try to be dishonest in her actual Look, ruling. Look, Obamacare
0: in keeping it alive is. Uh, a principle there is keeping Obamacare alive. That is key. We have to do that. Anything else, you know, whatever we, whatever we have to say and do, it doesn't matter.
3: Lack of transparency. Keep it alive. But, you know, let's talk about this, right? Because, you know, what is at stake? What is at stake with this issue of honesty? I mean, why not tell a few white lies in order to make our health care system better, according to Gruber and Obama and control, all that? control. Why control. not tell a few lies in order to get the proper foreign policy executed according to Hillary Clinton, you know, just just put it on my private email server. You know, yeah, it's kind of hypocritical given what I said about George Bush a few years ago, but you know, this is what needs to be done in order to have the proper foreign policy which I Miss all-knowing Hillary Clinton, are, you know, I'm alone capable of telling you what a proper foreign policy is. I don't even need though, any accountability. Even right? though she
0: doesn't know how to email or computers or anything. You know. Right,
3: right. That's beyond um, her. You know, Holder, it's like a hands up, don't shoot. Yeah, it didn't exactly happen that way, but it's very convenient yeah, in terms of calling attention to this problem of racism. And that in fact, doesn't exist. I mean, Holder's going to have, what, some whole foundation geared to the eliminate in, racism? Institute
0: for Race and Justice, and keep in mind, race and Disperse. justice. Race yeah. Race. Yep. It's racist. Race first. The guy who's been impersonating... Uh,
3: As if you can pay attention to race and be just at the same time in any way, shape, or form. You cannot.
0: <sighs> no. um, That's a lie also, racism. The idea that some, some group Yeah, you know, well, no, but,
3: we're, we're getting away with something, says Pelosi, Pelosi and Boehner, if we, you know, kind of shove this through with this Rule 22, whatever the hell that is. On while Netanyahu. everyone's
2: focused on Netanyahu. While eh, everyone's
3: focused on Netanyahu. you know, but... Hey, we're going to prevent a government shutdown and the Republicans some of the Republicans think
2: we're going things. to prevent
3: the Republicans from being blamed for being the party of no and shutdowns and stuff. Doing so, bad hey, things do that.
0: in the name of good.
3: You know, and, and, and here's the thing, Boehner, if you were always gonna cave on this, if you were never gonna shut down anything, which is what you guys proclaimed yeah. when uh you gained the House and the Senate, oh don't worry, we're not gonna shut down anything. If you're not going to then just be upfront about it. Also,
0: American people did not vote for John Boehner. He was appointed there by the Republicans who got in power by the American people who were voting for Tea Party. So this is completely not what we wanted. And that's the whole point here. To blame the American public for John Boehner, that doesn't doesn't work. It doesn't work he's put in there shoved in there because he was, the, he has seniority the, he was yeah, ready for power right the
3: the american the american people are a lot more honest now what i think some people can be a little bit confused about is the issue of whether honesty is the best policy all the time even in politics why should politicians tell the truth ruthlessly all the time why should they do that and here's the reason. Now, you know, many people do believe that honesty is rooted in some sort of moral duty to tell right. the truth to other people. Right, um, and limit it at that And some, some people base it in their religion in which they know kind of in the back of their minds that God is always watching them and that even if you, quote, get away with it with respect to your fellow human beings, God is going to know that you lie. Right. But I really love objectivism's take on honesty because Rand describes honesty as profoundly selfish and primarily not about other, other people, people or any sort of duty towards other people, but primarily about you basically making the choice to live. If Jerome touched on this. Also yeah, and and he, and he, yeah, he was talking about it some in his last show. Yeah. Um Making the choice to live, if you make the choice to live, you have to make the choice to live as the kind of being that you are, a human being who depends on reason for survival. And reason is a garbage in, garbage out faculty. If you start feeding your rational faculty a bunch of lies, which is basically what you have to do if you're going to try to maintain any lies that you tell yourself or other people, you have to do this kind of weird double entry bookkeeping where you right. say okay, you know, like Hillary for example, yes, I'm against, you know, using private email for official business, but here I am in my basement, boy, I can't tell anybody about that. Um, you know, I know that there's rules about this and I have pledged to uphold and defend the Constitution and all the laws of the United States, including these rules. She's pledged to do it, you know, how many different times and how many different capacities has she pledged to do this? And yet here she is consciously breaking these rules, specifically by putting this private email server, right? So here she is doing this. She has to be feeding garbage, i.e. falsehood, into her brain. Um, Barack Obama's attorneys and himself they are actually saying let's go ahead and mislead a federal judge in a legal case as opposed to just telling the truth and standing on principle, your principle in that case being that you think that immigration should be more open or completely open or whatever, why not just argue for that? No, instead they're saying, okay, well, you know, we're going to pretend that we've done things a certain way when we haven't. Um why don't the Republicans just come out there and say, hey, we're actually not against immigration to the extent that yes. we have let led some of the base to believe. And let's just have an honest and open discussion about what a proper immigration policy should Absolutely. be. And, yeah, maybe we don't think that Obama either did it the right way or we don't think Obama should have had the power to do it the way that he did, which turns out to be you know, consistent with. Like, why, why not just tell the truth about this instead they are having to maintain a certain amount of garbage floating around in their rational faculty right Um, you know basically we take antioxidants so that this stuff doesn't go around and kill our body but the kind of junk that we let into our minds into our rational faculty and the kind of junk that the politicians Are letting in there. I think we need to be very, very concerned about it. I mean, what are are these politicians? These politicians are the people who are supposed to be defending our rights, defending us from the initiation of political, excuse me, physical force. This political force—that was a Freudian (laughs) slip, right? Um, But they're supposed to be defending us from this. That is their primary job. It is a very crucial job. I like my life. I want to live it. I want to pursue my values. And here are these bastards, right? And they are feeding their minds untruths, untruths, untruths. They are making themselves less capable of keeping their minds in touch with reality, yeah. with true reality, which is what they have to operate in.
0: And they have political power. This is dangerous. Yes. Very dangerous.
3: They have guns that they can use against us and they are using them against us more and more Um, so this you know what what rand says about honesty is that honesty is a virtue that is necessary so that you can integrate all the information in your mind, because the world is an interconnected place, right? It's not like the law of gravity exists in isolation from the composition of the atmosphere and everything else, right? It's an interconnected place. And if you try to say, okay, well, I'm going to pretend that the law of gravity doesn't exist today, um, good luck, right? And all of these climate change people, right, good luck trying to perceive what is actually true about the nature of our climate and any so-called dangers posed about it when they have a political agenda pushing that, right? So you're not going to be able to perceive what is true. You're not going to be able to make decisions accordingly if you are deceiving yourself. And I know that everybody listening right now can think of countless examples in their own life where if they maintain some sort of falsehood in their mind – longer than they should have, right? You know, as soon as you figured it out, you discovered it, you were deceiving yourself in a certain way, you need to eradicate it in order for you to be able to take the proper course of action for your life. Um, Sometimes there might be things that you were innocently innocently mistaken about. Sometimes there's... The honest honest usually beat themselves
0: up over it, you know, for a little too long sometimes. Sure. But that's the honesty, you know, the honest people do that. Right. The dishonest ones, so what? They don't
3: care. but you know sometimes there're psychological things whereby people hang on to falsehoods much longer than they ever should you uh-huh. know when they've got plenty of evidence to contradict it and people know that this can be self-destructive so you know think about it from this standpoint honesty is primarily about you having your rational faculty in touch with reality to the extent that you allow Falsehoods and deception to come into that operation, you are going to cut yourself off from the very realm in which you need to act in order to survive. Absolutely. And so it is primarily a selfish issue. It's not primarily about deceiving others. It's primarily about. But lying is fundamentally
0: selfless. It's about others. It's about telling others something and yourself and others something that isn't true, knowingly sometimes and sometimes deceiving themselves to some extent. But yeah, I mean that's absolutely that's a great way of of, of seeing it. And of mm-hmm. course it's Rand who would, you know, make the observation.
3: Well, and and could you gain anything thereby, for example? So now, for you know, now Holder. Holder let this lie be out there for a long time. He had the power to say, "Hey, we don't have any proof in our report that this actually happened." Yeah. Maybe, football players, you shouldn't go out there we and We were do this. promoting it,
0: and they promoted it. They pushed this. Mm. And now, uh, okay, I guess we were wrong. No, no, no. You knew before anyone did. Yeah. How wrong it was and,
3: and suppose his goal is to help eradicate racism. If you really want to, and racism is an evil, horrible thing. The idea that you're going to prejudge somebody based on the color of their skin is completely irrational because, yeah. you you know, all Men are men. And every man out there is a potential value to you, You, a potential trading partner and everything else. So this idea that you're going to appeal to rational people, that you want people to put reason and justice and fairness above race, and you're going to lie to them in order to achieve that end, you are not going to appeal to the best minds out there. You are, and, and, and so basically what I end up having to say at the end of the day is that he's not actually trying
0: to no, eradicate racism.
3: It's as you said earlier, which is that in, in effect what he wants to stir up is anti-white racism. Absolutely right. Yes.
0: And that's, that's the problem in the world, white racism. It's racism. And only racists say, only whites can be racist. Mm-hmm. You no, know, blacks say, actually, black racists say, blacks can't be racist, meaning I can't be racist, even though I am. It's disgusting. And again, he wants to establish the Institute for Race and uh, justice. justice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Race yeah. and Justice.
3: Honesty, writes Leonard Peikoff. And I'm reading now from Objectivism, the Philosophy of Ayn Rand, which is the systematic hierarchical presentation of Rand's philosophy. And he's got a whole section on honesty, describing in detail why honesty is selfish, Um, primarily, it's not primarily about other people. (sighs) Listen to this. He says, honesty is the rejection of unreality. The exponent of the first, the idea that, you know, the commitment to reality acknowledges that existence exists. And what you do with honesty is you acknowledge that only existence exists. Uh, Picoff writes, the man who traffics in unreality, seeking to make it his ally, thereby makes reality his enemy. All facts are interconnected. Thus the first step of faking, like a man's first act of evasion, leads to the next. Neither practice can be contained. Ultimately, the dishonest individual comes into conflict not merely uh, with an isolated datum, but with the realm of existence as such. His policy commits him to the invention of a competitor to existence, a growing world of unreality, like a supernatural dimension that clashes at every point with the actual world. The latter, therefore, becomes his nemesis. It becomes a time bomb waiting to explode in his face. So you can imagine Gruber (laughs) experiencing the pressure of this because he's supposedly a smarter guy, academic, probably more of an idealist in some way. Maybe he felt like... He really just just had to to get it out there. He had to flush flush it out there.
0: He was was, was backed up a little
3: too much. Right. Um, I'm skipping to the the next page. Uh, Since man lives in reality, Peacock writes, he must conform to reality. Such is the argument for honesty. Any other course is incompatible with requirements of survival. It is incompatible with both cognition and evaluation. Now, what do you do with honesty? you need to develop an active mind. And quoting Rand here, pickoff says, knowing what one does know, constantly expanding one's knowledge, and never evading or failing to correct a contradiction. In, in regard to motive, uh, pickoff writes, intellectual honesty means seeking knowledge because one needs it to act properly. Such a person intends to practice any idea he accepts as true. So the value of honesty is, staying in touch with reality. And I submit that politicians are not superhuman, that they are not capable of maintaining two different realities and operating competently over the long term in the real reality that matters to us, which is the one where they are supposed to be protecting our rights. It's just not possible.
0: In terms of motive also, the politician, the guy who goes to Washington to become part of Washington is up to no good because he knows Washington is no good. The one who goes to change it, that's the guy worth worth following, like uh, Ted Cruz, at least I mean, right now.
3: Over here in the chat room, people are talking about this. Reality who needs it, Rob, <laughs> up here. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's really what they're saying, reality who needs
0: it. Yep. To hell with reality is what they're saying, really. I have my own reality.
3: Thanks, Mo, for... Sticking around for yeah, a little bit that you can Mo had to leave now to go back to work. We appreciate right your participation here. Now, there's one other thing that I wanted to get to, and this is the issue. Not only so, again, you know, we we get this idea now that honesty is selfish. It's not primarily about some out of context duty right. that is imposed on you.
2: Don't only not lie, right? you know,
3: and, and and there are people you know who listen to the show and believe that. That's fine. But what I'm trying to communicate today more is the selfish aspect of honesty, right? You know, you can believe definitely, you know, that if, if, um, you know, God catches you sinning and and you have lied, you know, you have sinned, and therefore you are affecting your chances of having a good life in the afterworld and things. But what I'm telling you here, based on Ayn Rand's writings, is that honesty is about living a good life here in reality today. And it's not primarily about what you're telling other people. It's primarily about what you are telling yourself and whether you are crippling your mind's ability to keep in touch with reality and to survive. So that's one aspect, right? And so then I'm saying that we really should care about these politicians. And we should care not just about these big lies, like Hillary Clinton conducting her entire official email business on private email from a private server. This is huge stuff um, that our attorney general, who's supposed to be, you know, in the head of the department of justice, Justice. let a lie be perpetuated out there, a lie that caused deaths of innocent people, right? Um, That our head of the Republican party right now who is supposedly in favor of small government and fighting you know, the grab of executive power by Barack Obama and everything else, instead of being out in the open about why he was doing what he was doing, he's behind closed doors with that icky woman, Nancy Pelosi, yeah. making deals and using tricky rules at a time when everyone is awed. By Netanyahu's speech, yep. in order to put that clean DHS bill what, out there. What a thing! So you know, this the, these are politicians doing these important things. But even if it's just Bill Clinton lying about whether he had sex with that woman and saying it depends what the meaning of the word well, is. She was
0: pointing at Hillary. I say she was pointing at Hillary. I, I didn't have
3: sex with that woman. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So. But I'm saying that even if all he did was lie about those things. That Absolutely. is enough to cripple. And this, you know, again, right. the the leader of the free world is what the president of the United States is supposed, supposed, supposed to be. He is somebody who's got his hands on we the. We have buttons, someone potentially.
0: impersonating the president of United States of America today. Impersonating as the Justice Department impersonated the uh, the Attorney General.
3: You know, George Bush, read my lips, the senior, oh, yeah. no new taxes. Yep. Barack Obama, if you like your plan, you can keep your plan, Bush knowing Islamic full well peace. that wasn't true. Islamist All peace. these lies in order for them to tell them they are having to separate their rational faculty from they, to, is it even called a rational faculty anymore in the case of Barack Obama. But, but they, for them also,
0: they uh, they present us uh more so than usual because they say, I gotta lie to these people, these idiots. I gotta keep lying to them. Yes. You know I mean? No, but that's how they look at us, it. like these people demand lies. Well as if we do.
3: And you know, if if you want a case study in this what you really need to do is read Atlas Shrugged, and I'm not going to reveal who the character is, but there is a character who starts out well-meaning, And who then concludes that he has to deceive people in order to do what's right. And you'll, and you'll, and you'll see where that gets him. Perfect example. You'll see where that gets him. That's all I want to say for now. I mean, Atlas Shrugged is just full of wonderful lessons, but let me, let me get to another aspect of this, right? And, and another aspect of the issue of honesty is the fact that honesty, like all the other virtues is connected with all the other virtues. Rand also subscribes to something that many people who are, you know, good thinkers in ethics throughout the centuries have have subscribed to, which is the unity of the virtues, that you can't be virtuous with respect to any one virtue and be virtuous with respect to the other. So a little bit ago, you heard me say, uh, with regard to Eric Holder, if he's going to have a Institute of Race and Justice about that. He's trying to imply oh. that you can actually pay attention to race as relevant yes. to anything in yes. the realm of human judgment and then be just at the same time, yep. which I assert is completely false. And yep. we'll, we'll talk about why here. But what I really, uh, I mean, I i love so much of this book, Opar, and I need to go back and, and reread, but uh, peek off what he does in here. And again, this is Objectivism, the Philosophy of Ayn Rand. I should have put a link over at uh, my blog at DontLetItGo.com. But if you're going to buy it, you can go to the handy-dandy Amazon link at the top of my blog at DontLetItGo.com and then search at Amazon for Objectivism, the Philosophy of Ayn Rand, and you will find it. But in uh, again, in the section on honesty, he starts to talk about the fact that if you are dishonest, then it's going to derail you from being able to be moral in any other realm. Okay?
2: Um,
3: He says, Reality is a unity. To depart from it at a single point is therefore to depart from it in principle, and thus to play with a lighted fuse. The bomb may not go off. The liar may blank out the power of his nemesis. That which is, and may get away with any given scheme, he may win the battle. But if such are the battles he is fighting, he has to lose the war. And he says, the first thing he loses in the process of turning irrational is his independence. The man who wages war against reality is by definition defying all the rules of proper epistemology. Like the man who evades in private without social purpose, he thus subverts at the root the cognitive power of his consciousness. The con man, however, usually makes no pretense on counting on cognition in order to prosper. Mm -hmm. Do you hear Gruber here? Mm -hmm. He counts on his ability to manipulate... Others, people become to him more real than the fragments of reality he still recognizes. People become his means of survival, but in a form worse than that of the typical second-hander. He says, the liar is a parasite not on people as such, but on people who are deludable, people qua ignorant, blind, gullible. Again, who did Holder get on his side? Not the people who are competent, the no. people who he can
2: delude. Absolutely right.
3: Uh, what such people believe and expect, what they expect falsely, thanks to him, this is the power he must deal with and pander to. The liar thinks he has turned others into his puppets, but his course makes him their pawn. End quote. So you can't have the idea that you have independence, the virtue right. of independence, right. if you are going Your to. Yeah. You are You are reliant. And, uh, and, and uh, Picoff writes, he says, a similar analysis applies to every moral virtue and value. Is the liar a man of integrity? His method of action consists in eschewing moral principles and trying to get away with the fraud of the moment. Is he productive? His policy is to live not by his own creative work, but by bilking others of the fruits of theirs. Is he just? His goal is to obtain the unearned. Is he self-confident? Not if the term means confidence in one's ability to deal with reality. No. Is he happy? Not if happiness presupposes moral character. Can he be proud? Only in a depraved sense. Proud of his ability to delude others, to break the laws of human life, to cheat on reality and escape the consequences. Which, however, he does not succeed in doing. Mm -hmm. Again, look at Jonathan Gruber today.
0: The great concrete to
3: use. Um, And... Then Peikoff goes on to, you know, credit Socrates at the beginning with unity of the virtue. Uh, virtues, as Socrates held, is one to cheat on any of its aspects is to cheat on all. And so this is why not only could you expect that somebody who's dishonest is going to end up defaulting on all the other virtues, um, you know, again, including justice as well. He doesn't explicitly name it here. Um, not just that. But today, where the realm of politics is understood to involve the violation yes. right? right, the rejection of virtue,
2: right.
3: because politics today is really about catering to special interest cronies, right. um, taxing people, right, taking their hard-earned wealth from them against their will.
0: And never putting it that way, always for failing, good
3: reason. Failing to defend us according to a proper foreign policy and intend instead either pursuing some sort of weird isolationist or even becoming friendly with our would-be killers, and praising right? And their ideology. Or, on the other hand, the neocon idea that what foreign policy consists of is going out there and nation-building, you know, making the world safe for democracy and stuff like that. It, you know, this sort of uh, foreign policy is unjust and these right? are
0: just you know lethal I mean people die people are dying because of these policies literally dying
3: teaching us falsehoods in the government schools forcing particular content into government schools like they do here in, in California these are all dishonest immoral policies so really the last part of the argument here is that we can expect dishonest politicians right. Why? Because the people who are actually acting in accordance with and furthering the current system, they are promoting immoralities of some of the vilest nature. And so, of course, you would expect them to be dishonest as well. It's just it's not surprising at all. I mean, here is Obama. He is allegedly
0: representatives of us.
3: You know, your own broke out a a long uh, section of his show. Talking about how Obama doesn't love America right. because he is actually vehemently against the ideology at the basis of America, the Absolutely. the idea of the, the pursuit of happiness. Of and, and by the way, um, Netanyahu cited the pursuit of happiness as one of the things that makes you know the right to the pursuit of happiness is something that makes America great. He gave a well, really he,
0: nice. He, he, he's speech. a fan of America. He right? loves America, right? like Obama. But you um, can think about it: a foreign leader loves America, the president of the of America hates it.
3: Right. Right. But, you know, you could definitely say that Obama, more than any other president in history, has acted against the root philosophy Absolutely. that made America great, the root philosophy that made America moral, Absolutely right. moral. As Rand said, America was the first moral country in human history because it was founded on this principle of individual rights. And this principle, principle of individual rights is the principle... That allows human beings to behave morally, to act in their rational self-interest, right? Not violating other people's rights, but act in your rational self-interest to pursue your values, to sustain your life, to support your family, to enjoy your career, to have the experiences in life that you want to experience and enjoy during the brief time that you're here. This is... This is what it's about. That is the moral root of this country, and it is the moral root of this country that Barack Obama has been fighting against and chipping away as much as possible during his tenure at president. It is no down, surprise that he is the yeah, least transparent president in history. Having, president. having promised to be the most transparent, yeah. he becomes the least.
0: Also, he thinks that those great, great values, the thing that, that makes us different than any other country in the history of the world, that to him is irrelevant. That doesn't matter. Right. The fact that we we had slavery, that matters. The fact that we fought to abolish slavery, hundreds of thousands of lives wiped out, that doesn't matter either. Mm-hmm. Nothing matters. Except the fact that he hates the country. He was, he was raised, the worst thing about Barack Obama, he was raised to despise America by Muslims and communists who raised him, mm-hmm. fathers, mothers, uncles, you know. And he never questioned it. He never said, you know what, you guys are wrong. He, you know, he basically bent over. He submitted to that, to that vile hatred and became president to unmake the country. That's, to me, the most condemnable thing about him. He never had the, the soul to fight it. Never did. Never. He completely submitted when he was young and just completely, he's like a robot. He's a robot of the vile Preachers who raised him.
3: You know, it's interesting. Uh, in the chat room over here, it is Fiona. She says, Amy from afar, it seems that Obama has gotten worse and more brazen over the last 12 to 24 months while in office. He's gotten more Obama. Say, yes, it's true. I mean, it, you know, and in, he is in unmasked yes.
0: slowly but surely. he, he does, He's not going to run again. He'll never have the kind of power that he has now, so he's going to make the most of it. Gone. He, does, he doesn't care. Right. He doesn't give a damn what we think anymore. And he, again, he's getting away with it day after day after day, so it doesn't matter now. And he's gonna slip up a little more, you know. And the real Obama will, will come up, but he doesn't care as much as he, as he did before. Like when he said about the, um, with uh, Joe, uh, the uh, Joe the plumber. Mm-hmm. We have to spread the wealth. He would never have said that ever. If he says it today, he probably would say it. Yep. Loudly. Exactly.
3: Literally. Exactly. Definitely. <sighs>
0: So this is, yeah, this is full-throttle Obama now.
3: Freedom Breeze in the chat room says, I wish there was objective education for parenting skills. I think rational parenting in early childhood is critical. And I agree with that, of course. One good adjunct to that can be a Montessori education. Montessori preschool education in particular starts children at an early age looking primarily at things in reality. They spend a lot of time developing their ability to focus in a concentrated way for extended periods of time on activities that teach them things about the real world. So a reality focus and a respect for reality and you know the, the the fact that you have to conform your thoughts and actions to reality in order to achieve your goals. This is something that's instilled in the early Montessori education. I do need to interview when I can ever get unburied from my yeah. crazy crazy life right now. Um, I, w- I want to interview Charlotte Cushman, who wrote a book right. on Montessori and has excellent perspective on these issues but I would say yes rational parenting to the extent that we can obviously we're all a bit kind of crippled with our own upbringings you know but you you try to keep especially if you have an explicit philosophy like objectivism to guide you you can keep more in touch with reality say than your parents did and and, you know do a better job but then go get your kids in Montessori Montessori is good and this is why Barack Obama and his like you know, his ilk, they want government to take over preschool education, too. Why? Because Montessori of Absolutely deceivers, right. dishonest nihilists like Barack Obama. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm.
0: Well put. Uh, Something some in terms of upbringing, you know, our our bad upbringing. Anyone, you know, we had the survey, people have been very, I mean, thank you so much, all who mm-hmm. uh, all who um, entered there and just told us what they thought, whether critical or... or we we
3: keep reviewing it and digesting yeah. and trying to incorporate yeah. anything that you say that resonates with, with us yeah. in, in the way that we want to take the show. And
0: even, you know, even the criticisms against me, if if there's anything that you think is wrong with me, it's my upbringing. I was raised I was <laughs> raised Muslim, so don't blame me. I'm joking. That's great. But uh, something also... Um, Fiona asks, why hasn't he been impeached yet? And, you know, you need decent human beings to know that that's the moral thing to do, the right thing, the legal thing, the American thing to do to get this guy out of office. And they're corrupt to the core. And again, they don't hate Obama. They envy him. They love what he's done, because they can't wait to be in the kind of power that he has expanded.
3: You know, for a future show, we'd have something like, why even politicians should stand on principle?
0: Yeah, why
3: even even politicians in principle. I like that. That's
2: true. Because, you
3: know, we we know, I I mean, a lot of us know that we should (laughs) live a principled life.
0: Who's the only politician who speaks about critical principle, who actually speaks about principle? I mean...
3: Who is the only one? Well, there are some who do it deceptively, but honestly, no, but, no, but honestly, they don't.
0: Yeah. No, but they don't.
3: You, you would no, say Cruz still. Yeah, yeah, they don't even
0: yeah. use the the term. Is what I'm saying. They're alien to even the the, the idea. Of I the am principle.
3: I am guardedly optimistic me about too. Cruz being a politician who he's breaks the, the mold. But again, I've already been disappointed. He's the least in some bad. That he's the least
0: bad of them all. And right know. now, that's the best we could do. Well,
3: we'll 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 talk <laughs> more. I don't I don't want to you know, and it, it's not that I'm evading. I I have a very very rational evaluation of him, which is that he seems head and shoulders above the others, but there are some problems. Sure. And indeed the inconsistencies may end up undermining him and making him just almost as goodness, bad as anybody yeah. else. So we'll wait and see about that. But let's let's turn to a couple of more positive things. Now this story that I'm gonna give you, you know so so we are kind of off this I'm hoping that you found today's discussion Helpful, at least, because it's this issue of, you know, the importance of honesty in the politicians. It's not just, you know, oh, here's the scandal of the week and everything. This is an issue that affects their very ability to do what they're supposed to do. It also is something that, in effect, we expect from our politicians today because of the immoral nature of our government and the fact that virtues are an interconnected unity. Um, So what do we have to do? We have to get people to respect the truth and act on it. And, yes, I think instilling that in early childhood is a huge start. And so, therefore, you would say, okay, well, what is the biggest thing to do in politics right now? I mean, I really do want to get the FCC out of the Internet and get the NSA out of the snooping. That's huge. But also we must fight the government's grab on early childhood education. And we need to embrace the resurgence of Montessori throughout the country and throughout the world, right. right? Because we want people throughout the world to have a reality focus reality and phase, a love yeah. for their lives and a joy Absolutely. in learning that that philosophy instills. So imagine
0: if that takes hold in the Middle East. I mean, something close to that. Imagine that. What kind of revolution they would be?
3: That would be wonderful.
0: But they won't. You know, but I'm just well, saying that that could save. Yeah, Their future, therefore ours in of ways.
3: Someday. Someday. Now, let me tell you a story. And I think when Rob Abiera shared this story with me on the Don't Let It Go on her page that he was justifiably excited about this new technological advance and, and development and the prospects of this making our lives easier and better, there's a company called Paper Space. And the headline over at TechCrunch.com is that Paperspace lets anyone access a better personal computer that lives in the cloud. And again, just this week, Rob Abiera shared this with me and he was very excited about it. Listen to the story, and it's true. Imagine never having to buy new and expensive hardware to upgrade your personal computer with more speed and storage space. That's the vision behind why Combinator backed Paper Space, a new company launching today which is building full personal computer that lives in the cloud which you can access from any web browser. Do you love that? Similar to some extent to enterprise grade solutions like VMware, Citrix or Amazon Workspaces, but aimed also at consumer or quote prosumer audience. The company is selling a small hardware device that plugs into any older desktop, or laptop in order to provide you with the computing power you need on demand. The little device is called Paperweight, tiny, tiny little thing. Low-cost hardware device connects you with your own remote machine on PaperSpace's servers where you can choose from either a basic or pro option based on your computing needs, uh, the device is considered a zero client because unlike thin client technology, there's only a small microprocessor on the inside. Okay, now you're losing me in techno speak, but we get the idea, right? Here it is. It's going to be in the cloud, a super powerful machine that you can access, and there's only one problem. Again, this article is dated March 3rd. This week, PaperSpace launched, and last week the FCC took over the internet by which you are going to be accessing paper space from your home. That's the problem. So here's wonderful innovation and I think it's perfect. I think it's exactly on the right track. Why not? And so so now now what we're going to do is we're going to circle back to a comment that someone made in the chat room early early on in the show. Remember when Hillary Clinton was, you know, we're talking about her and her email and having her server in the basement and stuff. (sighs) Unfortunately, this idea of having your computer in the cloud, given that the government is taking over all the means by which you are connecting to the cloud and could cut you off at any time, I don't like this. I don't know that I would want to do this today. And in fact, I would more go along the lines of let's all, and, you know, because computers are actually cheaper, get... Servers, It wouldn't be as you know high-powered as what you could get with paper space, but you can have a pretty high-powered server in your own home now for not too much money, or maybe a bunch of people could go in together on a server, and then we need to figure out how we can connect the servers some way that doesn't depend on the government that isn't tracked by the government. We need a free Internet, again, is what we need. So whereas I would think that the natural kind of direction of innovation would be exactly in the direction that paper space is going here, the reality of it is being dampened in in my view because of the fact that the FCC is taking over the internet by which we would be connecting to paper space. So today, I would not, you know, put my information and documents and everything in one of these cloud-based computers. And I'm not relying on backup in the cloud, for instance, and all that. It's for precisely that reason. Unfortunately, it's really sad. And, I mean, kudos to a company that is achieving this sort of innovation even today. But I'm going to be curious to see, are, are people going to jump on this? I mean, here in the chat room, would you guys go ahead and sign up for Paperspace? It sounds awesome. You bring your little paperweight, you hook it into a computer anywhere, and you can access your high-powered computer through the internet hmm. in the cloud. Perfect. If the FCC hadn't taken over the internet. Right. Right. <sighs> Fiona says, "Yeah, one has to be careful with the cloud anyway." And and there is that. They're
0: going to call it door cloud now.
3: But the biggest problem with the cloud, in my yeah, Craig says it sounds like a gift to the NSA. Exactly. Exactly. Dropbox is good.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Oh, no. not right okay. yeah um Sorry. there uh dropbox is good and free even says fiona yeah, I google use, docs comes in handy too someone says oh. i heard dropbox is not safe I, I don't I, use dropbox <laughs> i'm i'm sure dropbox is, is not completely safe so if there's something
0: yeah. you know
3: and you know if, if again it's just for
0: work illustration maybe that's fine
3: you know again I you know it, it really is true that there's lots of us who just say well look i don't really have secrets that yeah, you know, but but that is not the point with regard to this NSA snooping. Um, they have no right to the information, regardless of whether we are all good people that don't really have anything right. to hide. Things we, we might be a little embarrassed about have here our and there, lives. right? We have lives.
0: embarrassed or not, it's our it's our privacy.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fiona says that she's used Dropbox for ages, university stuff. Yeah, I, I use it
0: yeah. all the time.
3: I I, Illustrations, have to, I have to use it to forums, um, to yeah. share documents with my students. I've never had a problem with it. Yeah. People always get it. It works. It works wonderfully. Let me talk about a bit of good news, uh, maybe perhaps in the direction of a positive outlook for the future. And it was another story that Rob Abiera shared with me, but this time I think it is, it's the fact that this story was published is a positive thing. because it, It comes from the New York Times. It's in the opinion pages. There's something called the Stone NYT Now, which is a forum as they describe it for contemporary philosophers and other thinkers on issues that are both timely and timeless. And the headline of the story is, Why Our Children Don't Think There Are Moral Facts. And what this father, who himself, you know, he is a uh, philosophy professor, associate professor of philosophy in Colorado, and he works in ethics and philosophy of religion, he noticed that his child was being exposed to the following idea, that a fact is supposedly something that is true about a subject and can be tested or proven, whereas opinion is merely what something thinks feels, or believes. And that thanks to the Common Core, in part, which is, you know, perhaps being poorly implemented, but still it's the Common Core that was the instigator for this, the Common Core is calling for K-12 programs be able to, quote, distinguish among fact, opinion, and reasoned judgment in a text. And so what? teachers around the country who are well-meaning but misinformed are doing is they're giving students tests or worksheets and asking them to say, which is a fact and which is an opinion? So, for example, there was a worksheet and it asked the student to name all of the following as either a fact or an opinion. And here's the list. Copying homework assignments is wrong. Cursing in school is inappropriate behavior All men are created equal. It is worth sacrificing some personal liberties to protect our country from terrorism. It's wrong for people under the age of 21 to drink alcohol, etc. And what this author rightly points out is that there is no fact-value dichotomy, that some things about which you have an opinion and even some of those about which you are evaluating are true. And that the challenge, of course, is to figure out what moral evaluations are true and what are false. So I, I really do like this piece. I like this piece for pointing out that the uh, the problem is in the K-12 through education right now. Go check it out like all the other stories, at my blog at DontLetItGo.com. Go ahead and read them as you like. Thank you for tuning in today, everyone, and thank you for those who have supported the show recently, particularly the donor who gave in an amount that included a number of threes. We changed the music uh, this morning just for you.
0: And we'll do it again.
3: And uh, we'll we'll be doing it again. So, everyone, everyone, thank you. If you enjoy the show, share it, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone. Take care.